0: Getting older sucks, but midlife doesn't have to. I'm your host, Caroline Fardig, here to bring a weekly hour of fun to the middle children of society, Gen Xers. Together, we'll navigate midlife like it's 1999. Welcome to the Wrong Side of Forty. Welcome back to The Wrong Side of 40 and thanks again for joining me. Last week I was off trailing my daughter and some of her classmates around Europe, but I am back now and I've got a bunch of friends joining me today talking about things that are near and dear to my heart. Gene uh, Knight Pace is going to join us today and talk writing Jennifer Vinson is going to join us and talk health and wellness I've got my weight training buddy, Lena Stag, And we are going to sit around and drink sports drinks and give you our opinion of them And then I've got Carrie Olzak with some nostalgia And then Jennifer and I have a question for you listeners out there So you can be a part of the show too Let's get started I think I'll just stay Okay, today I have Lena Stagg, owner of the Pit Barbell Club and weightlifting champion here mm-hmm. to talk about sports drinks. We are going to just stay here and drink electrolytes. All right, so the first one we have up is called Noon, N-U-U-N. It's in a cute little canister and it's little tabs that dissolve. This is the sport formula and it is the fruit punch flavor. Lena, are you ready to sit, stay here and drink? Absolutely, I always am. All right, so here we go. Ready? Ready. Okay. Oh, she's making a face. She's making a face. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Your thoughts? It, I don't taste a lot of sugar. It is a little bitter. I don't, I was the one that brought the noon and I was like, oh, I really like this one. But once we put, and I think I normally take a swig out of the water bottle, then put it in there. Mm. But since we Mm. were sharing it, I didn't drink out of the water bottle. I just put the thing in and, you know, it was the whole 16 ounces of water, which is what it says to do on the box. But I think you should do a little less because then the flavor is a little heightened and it, it is a little sweeter normally, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think I do think the,
1: the flavor is good. I think it would be better if it was a little, maybe
0: not as much water in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. And I love the little bottle and the ease mm. of carrying it. Cause I think it has like eight or so little tablets in here. Um, The only thing I have that is not my favorite about it is that I have to wait to drink it. And I am such a person that has Mm -hmm. no patience whatsoever. So that one, we like it, but we're going to say meh. Yeah, it's maybe a five. Okay. All right. (laughs) Maybe a six. So next we have, it's called Element, and it it looks like LMNT. And I keep calling it LMNT, and Lane not like, (laughs) no, it's Element. I don't even know. But.
1: L M N T, I believe is how they say the the name of the product. But it's produced by Elemental Labs. They're a company out of New York City, and we carry this product at the gym, and we sell it like hotcakes. Um, it's it's deli- it's it's a great product. So it is.
0: I have tried the citrus salt, and it is salty, but I like it in a good way. It's salty in a good way. Yes. And they're <laughs> um they're media is um hashtag stay salty oh nice so so why is it salty why is it so salty i mean there's like what a thousand milligrams of sodium yes a thousand milligrams
1: of sodium and i believe we compared that to the noon and i think it was 250 250 so a quarter and um it has 200 milligrams of potassium and i believe the noon had a hundred
0: something like that
1: and magnesium it has 60 milligrams, and I think the noon had 25. Yeah, or, yeah. 25 or 15, one of the other. Yeah. So it, the, it's the, super the writing charged. was small,
0: and we on the wrong side of 40 could not actually see it very well on the noon. So. <laughs> and me being
1: on the wrong side of 50, I was too lazy to take out my glasses.
0: So. <laughs> All right, so here is we're doing watermelon, is that right? Yes. Watermelon, watermelon flavor. Okay. Salt. Ooh. Okay, see, I'm not a watermelon fan. I love um, the citrus salt, but does watermelon in general? I don't do. Yeah. So yes to the salt, no to the watermelon because <laughs> of myself, but an absolute yes to the citrus salt flavor. I do love the citrus. Yes. Yes. And I it, the citrus. And they and also
1: have orange okay. and
0: raspberry.
1: Now, they also have some flavors. They have a raw that you can put in. Um, a lot of people put the raw into like little, um, like shooters.
0: Oh, like just the salt shooters.
1: They they just sprinkle the salt into the liquid before you put them in the little cups and freeze them or whatever. Oh, nice. Or put them into drinks. Okay. So that will keep you hydrated. Nice. As you're drinking.
0: That's a nice tip. That is a nice tip. So, okay, let's backtrack a little bit. Like you and I don't have any issues with salt, um, or, you know. Yes sodium you know any kind of you know that we have to keep it at a a certain level but you know if you are watching your sodium level this does have what 41 percent of your daily value of sodium yes okay it's very high sodium and while some of us (laughs) need that because we are dehydrated because we don't drink enough water um do you know pay attention to to that because that is quite a bit of sodium probably more than if you're watching your sodium it's probably more than you can even have in a day um yes i would imagine so
1: I would definitely, um, their website, I I just love this company. I think that they do a great job of educating and um, testing. So on their website, they have a lot of articles and um, reports on what your body can tolerate and what's good and what's not good. So um, you can always check out their stuff. I would imagine Noon does the same thing. So...
0: Yes, I do think so. All right, so we've got a third uh, energy drink that we're going to look at today. And, Lena, you want to tell a little bit about that one, too? This is my guilty pleasure for today. It is made by
1: Optimum Nutrition. They are called Essential Amino Energy Plus Electrolytes. But so, I'm looking at
0: the nutrition facts, five calories, one carb. Uh, I don't think that's guilty. I think that's just a straight
1: pleasure. I, well... <laughs> absolutely uh, except i i i feel like we should save these for the customers but oh oh well, that's them. that's what you're okay that's, yeah, <laughs> that's what i feel guilty right. about they're a little, a little um, pricey then they're they're a little pricey and um they aren't very big they're 12 ounces so this is smaller than a bottle of water and you are getting about 100 milligrams of Caffeine, so that's like a cup of coffee, I guess. Okay. So and it is
0: fizzy because if you just heard she poured some in her <laughs> cup and it was, it was all fizzing up. So it's it's like a almost like a like a diet coke or some, some right. kind of stuff. like a sprite. Yeah, you know that, that same kind of consistency. Um,
1: they have so many flavors. they, they call it a sparkling hydration
0: drink. Nice. I've not had a sparkling hydration drink, and um, and it's so. It seems counterintuitive, but I mean, yeah. you know, if as long as it's got the the vitamins and minerals and stuff in there i guess yes. it'll work. all right yes. let's drink this right. this is peach cheers. bellini
1: peach bellini all right
0: cheers oh oh no that's good that that tastes like it's got See? sugar and all kinds I of know. bad things in it i know Ooh, i hope this isn't really like
1: that episode of Seinfeld, where they were eating the the frozen yogurt that was yeah. supposed to be fat free, and oh. then they took it to the to, to be tested at the lab, and found out it wasn't fat free because uh, they were Seinfeld. gaining weight. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but yes, it there's no sugar. Ooh. I'm not sure what the um chemical is that they substitute sugar for, but um, because I can't read it. Hang
0: on. But um, oh, and it does have aminos in it, like theanine, leucine, all those. Mm-hmm. Good glutamine, all those good protein aminos. That's great. So we'll have to try these other flavors too. Get oh yeah, reaction. we've got two other flavors to try. Sucralose. So Each Bellini tastes like yeah. a cocktail. It definitely does. And sucral—that's like Splenda. Right? Sucralose. Okay. Is that Splenda. Okay. Something mm-hmm. like that. It's—it's it's an artificial flavor, but it's—it's it's one of the, one of the decent ones, I suppose. That's really good. Um, that's my definitely my favorite of the three. How about you? Y-
1: yes, this one is is my number one. They but have during a workout.
0: During a workout. I would say definitely the element. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, a lot of people would drink this before they work oh, out. Oh, to give you a little caffeine,
1: a mm-hmm. little boost. A little boost. Okay. And some people drink it afterwards mm-hmm. as um, a reward. I mean, that's well, like, yes.
0: that's, I, I can see why you said guilty pleasure because it <laughs> tastes like you're drinking something you shouldn't have. Right. Like an actual peach bellini and i have mixed these with alcohol i was just about to ask if you can <laughs> if that would be a good mixer cuz it really really feels it like is. it would be good with like a little light rum or vodka yeah mm-hmm. yeah nice okay.
1: it's terrific i highly
0: Our... recommend definitely well we are just going to stay here and drink the rest of this thank you for listening it's great My guest in the studio today is Jean Knight-Pace. She is the co-author of the young adult fantasy novels Greystone and Greylore. Her other works include Hugging Death, Essays on Motherhood, and Saying Goodbye, as well as Four Seconds, written with Laura Andrade. She's had essays and short stories published in Puerto del Sol, the Lakeview Re- Lake Review, and other literary magazines. She lives in Indiana with her husband, four children, eight ducks, four chickens, and a cat. Welcome, Jean. Hello. Glad to be here. Thank you for coming over today and being really. She's my first interview. Although I don't think on the actual podcast you're going to be in the very first podcast. I think I have it scheduled for later on. But that anyway, good. <laughs> anyway, my first interview. So we'll see how this goes. We are fellow authors. We're both in. Um, we actually met at the Midwest Writers Guild, which That's is right. A club for. Authors around our town. And um, so we're just going to basically talk a lot about writing today. Um, so, Jean, how and when did you get into writing?
2: So, I always liked writing. So, as a kid, I would spend my time writing goofy poems or little stories or things I thought were cute. And then I didn't do as much in high school. I still loved stories and English and books, but I was really into music then. I ended up studying music for my undergraduate in college and then wasn't sure what to do. And so I kind of came back to writing. I'd been writing some essays. I did a minor in English. All creative writing classes besides any that they made me take. And then... Um, for graduate school, I decided to do creative writing. And then it was still kind of a long road. I had children. I worked with disabled adults. I wrote here and there, and I even published a story here and there in a literary journal. But I wasn't um, spending a ton of time, probably an hour a day, a little bit of quiet time when my kids were down for a nap. And then finally, in my late 30s, um, started writing a lot more and came up worked on my first full-length novel with my friend Jacob Kennedy and that is the book Grey Stone and so that was when it really kind of came to a big project and I didn't think I didn't know if I'd ever be able to write a book I the plots seemed so huge and
0: complicated but there it was it happened all right yeah well I I didn't I guess I didn't know your whole, whole, whole story. I mean, I made it long for we've you. We've known each other for years, <laughs> but I mean, I guess we've never really gotten down to like, this is my whole writing slash life story. But I mean, now I know that we are so much more alike than I even thought. I mean, we both have <laughs> music degrees that we're not using <laughs> and, you know, started the whole writing thing. I mean, I don't feel like I did the fun writing stuff earlier when I was young, like it's cool that you always were into writing. I was like, I I knew I was like good at it because I would get good grades on my writing, you know, for school, but I didn't really want to do it. I mean, it wasn't something that I, you know, was interested in. I liked reading. But I didn't like. Do you like reading?
2: I love reading. And when I was a kid, I would even say, I'm going to, I would tell my mother, I'm going to be a poet. And I'm sure she was like, oh, help this child. But anyway, I really, as a young child, wanted that to be a career. I am not a poet, by the way. But I wanted something with words to be my career. And even in music, I'm a singer. And so I loved words. I loved musicals, which was still my favorite thing, combining, you know, words, even poetry, with music. So I always just had a love of story.
0: Cool. Well, there you go. Now I cannot stand musicals. I despise (laughs) musicals. I love them. I think it's so weird when somebody just breaks into song all of a sudden. That's the best thing ever. Yes. Let's do it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't mind it so much in real life, but like, I guess, you know, like a canned, you know, performance of it. I'm just like, Oh, just stop. Just say it. Um, that said, I am playing the piano for my school's, my daughter's school's oh my musical gosh. that I went to that high school. <laughs> I was in that musical. What musical is it? Leader of the Pack. Oh, I'm not even familiar that with that one. Well, the, it's about <gasps> I'm gonna the, I'm going to have to go. It's about Ellie Greenwich who wrote all like Leader of the Pack, The Do Run okay. Run, um, Christmas, Baby Please mm-hmm. Come Home. I mean, mm-hmm. like all the, all those really fun, you know, 60s yes. pop uh, nonsense songs. And it's just, it's so much fun. And I was like, if I'm ever going to play piano and help out the the pit, you know, for the musical. Yes. My daughter's in it. She's playing saxophone. So I was like, I'll get to spend time with her. It's not going to take time away family time away, Right. you know. And uh, I know all these songs already. <laughs> I've sung all these songs. So I was like the the one time that it's like a great idea to spend like a ridiculous amount of time in a high school setting as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> this absolutely. Is it. This is it. absolutely. So I'm going to go against that, but I like these songs and they're not it's not a it's not as much a, a musical like you know like I don't know sound of music where like yeah they the song furthers the plot they took the songs and like made a biopic around the songs yes. so it's not so grating to me
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, well, there's nothing better side than note. the entire office starting to dance together.
0: I don't know. Oh, true, definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's get back to you. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so you did start your writing as a more of a career, um, close to the wrong side of forty. Not oh yes, quite over it. You said late thirties, but like, what what was fun or scary or you know, just even liberating about thinking i am going to embark on this new career and i mean the writing wasn't new but like the getting paid to do it was yeah. new or well and
2: doing a big project was new i had been doing little projects sometimes even flash fiction like little things i could do when my kids were asleep at home and now i was embarking on this big project big plot fantasy always has kind of a lot of plot twists a lot of turns just a really complex organism And um, it was really fun for me. And it was kind of a journey because at first it was just fun. We um, came up with this plot, me and my co-writer, Jake, and we had this great plot. And my youngest started kindergarten as we were working on it. And so I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to have all these hours to write during the day. Everything's going to be so much easier than it was our first book Greystone won a contest with a small publisher called Inksmith and so at age 39 like we won this contest I remember getting the email and it was so exciting and they were going to publish it which they did Um, and I was 39 and I was like this is awesome I have arrived we had an idea for a, a bit of a companion book to this first book I was like, they'll publish it too, which they did. It's going to be great. I, I am there. And that was the funny part. <laughs> <laughs> um, And so I, I do, I like this publisher. I think they're great. But when you work with a publisher, they do take a big cut. And they were a small publisher, so they had a smaller reach. It wasn't like random house where they've got a huge reach and they can reach a huge audience so we were reaching the small audience and then we were getting a really small portion of Mm. the proceeds and then there were two of us my co-writer and I and so we were splitting the profit and it was so little money for such a big project and even less money on the second book Mm -hmm. which is normal Normal, usually second books don't do quite as well as the first one but um so all of a sudden in my early 40s i had a bit of a crisis like i've invested all this time i've invested all this energy i thought i was there i'm not there <laughs> i have not arrived um and so a little reinvention was needed and Um, So that's what I've been spending my 40s doing is reinventing how I'm going to really run the business of writing. I was like, now I can write a book. I think it's pretty good. I have lots of ideas for other books, but now how do I turn that into a profitable business?
0: Right. So, I mean, I think it's oftentimes like a good thing to do a new career change or just shake things up as a 40 plus adult, because you kind of have your 20s and 30s to get, you know, your house in order, you get your kids, (laughs) you know, in school, and you get your free time, like you said. And, you know, you've kind of, you've had some business dealings. I mean, you kind of know how business works. And then now that you have all this wisdom and knowledge, and the time to do some stuff, I mean, this is like the perfect time.
2: It's a great time, but I have been surprised how busy, and I don't know if you have, how busy I am with teenagers.
0: Yes. Um, A lot of driving. Because I just thought
2: (laughs) that they would, you know, take care of themselves. (laughs) They don't. They do, but but also they do take a lot of time too. And um, so I was surprised how much... I didn't have as much time as I thought I would. That's a terrible sentence. But I thought, OK, this is perfect. I'm going to have this whole big stretch. But when they were little, they would go to bed at 8 o'clock, and they don't go to bed at 8 o'clock anymore. So you lose a yes, few of these times that you kind of had. And so that was interesting. And a new learning curve, too, as you and your children grow up mm-hmm. Um
0: and I mean, at least for me in my thirties, I could stay up a lot later than I can in my forties. <laughs> K- kids, bedtime, whatever, but like I personally can't, like I right. when I first started out writing, I did my whole first book or at least my first draft of my first book after eight, nine o'clock. Right. Kids went to bed. Yep. My husband went to bed. I didn't even tell my husband I was writing because I figured it'd be like another craft project like I do that doesn't get done. You know, and so I just didn't even say anything because I was like, "Eh, "If I don't get it done, he won't know. You know, he won't ask about it. (laughs) I won't have to say no. I didn't. I was gonna write a book, and then I didn't. But um, so, so yeah, I mean, like, your whole staying awake and everything as a yeah, and exactly
2: like that. And also, my kids wake up really early for school now. So when they were young. Just like you said, my husband worked nights, so I would have this stretch from 8 to 11 or 8 to midnight even, and then I'd get up at 7, no big deal, that's even a solid night's sleep, you know, get the kids off to elementary school, but as they got older and I got older, now they're up at 5.30 I am not quite up at 5.30, but I do like to see them off. Um, And so I am up bright and early in the morning too, which means I can't stay up till midnight writing. And so that time got sliced away. So even though I've got it in the day, some of that other time got cut away. And so that's been interesting. And so I guess the the words of wisdom there (laughs) would be, don't assume you'll have more time when your kids get older. So if you're putting something off because of that, like, don't. Yeah. Because – It's there if you want it.
0: Yep. All right. So how, okay, this is an odd question, but it's on my list. (laughs) (laughs) How do people fail spectacularly at what you and I do, (laughs) authoring, and what, (laughs) I mean, like, I I've failed spectacularly. Oh, me too. I mean, you know, it's, I've had it's books easy. That nobody <laughs> wants to read. I mean, that that's a spectacular fail. I spent a year of my life on a book and nobody wanted yep. to publish it. Nobody wanted to read it. But you know, then you just do another one. You move on. <laughs> you move on. That's right.
2: I actually love this question. Because I think anywhere in the arts. Maybe anywhere, anywhere, but I know the arts the best. Anywhere in the arts, there's place to fail spectacularly because there's not a paycheck. You're investing a lot of time and energy up front mm-hmm. and nobody's promising you anything for any of that investment. So there's lots of room for trouble. Um, so I do think you really have to love it. But I think the biggest way people fail spectacularly is having a closed mind. Um And I had a closed mind at the beginning. I thought, okay, I'm going to maybe I'll get an agent. I'll get a publisher. I didn't get an agent, but I did get a publisher. So I got my publisher. And like I said, I thought we had arrived. I thought we were done. They would take care of everything. They would take care of the blurb, the cover. The book would be beautiful. I would sit back and write, (laughs) you know, drinking herbal tea (laughs) and writing. And it would just be lovely. And that really hasn't been the case. So I've had to open my mind. (laughs) And think, okay, how can I do this better? How can I do this differently? And people who are way, way more successful than me, I've noticed, are very open to new ideas, which doesn't mean they jump on every new idea they see, but they don't immediately shut it off. Like They definitely Mm -hmm. make space for some of the new trends, for some of the new things. They're just really Mm open-minded, which, like I say, doesn't mean they do all the things that come along. But they definitely, I think when I first started, and I think a lot of writers when they first start, they're like, this is the thing I do. I'm going to get an agent. Or this is the thing I do. I'm going to do readings at every club in town. Or this is what I do. I'm going to do this one thing. I'm really good at in-person events. So that's my thing. And there's nothing wrong with being really good at one thing. Mm -hmm. But I think when we close ourselves off to maybe I could also be really good at Amazon ads or maybe I could also be really good at, you know, whatever, learning some other part of the craft or the business. So I think the biggest way to fail is by deciding you only do one thing, that's your thing, and you're going to stick to it until you die.
0: That's good. I mean, that is like amazing advice because that that is something we all... Authors have to learn the hard <laughs> way. And that's why I was cracking up when you were like, yes, I'll just sit back and drink herbal tea and every my publisher will figure people out People the... will read my
2: book and write me fan mail. Yes, and they'll <laughs> do the cover and the
0: blurb and blah, 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 blah. Well, it, yeah. I mean, if you do have a publisher, they, they do do those things. But then at, at other times, you know, sometimes when they do it, you don't like it.
2: Yeah. And in fact, the first cover we got, I did not like I don't know if you remember it I think I showed you a picture of it but and it was like fine it was fine Mm -hmm. but it was not what I wanted and they said they were like well again small publisher we wouldn't have even gotten this far with a big one Mm -hmm. but small publisher was like well if you want to pay for one you can get your own and I discussed it with my co-writer and we were like you know what let's do it Mm -hmm. and so we did and no regrets there right is a beautiful cover. It is. You should all go look at it right it now.
0: Yes, definitely. And then buy it. It's on kidding. Amazon. It's on Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Oh, Greater. Yep. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I remember you going through that. I cannot like c- bring up in my mind the it was picture a while of the ago. first cover. Yeah. I have not a clue what it looked like. <laughs> but I do remember you being like I'm going to pay for my own cover and I'm like, "Well, if you hate it, then I mean, mm-hmm. if you hate it, you hate it. I I have a cover that I supremely hate
2: mm-hmm. that
0: uh, my publisher did for me and I dug in with both heels and said, "I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You, you got to change it. You got to do this. You got to do that." And they were like, "No." Yep. And so I was like, "Okay."
2: and along that line although different like sometimes even the things we love won't fit the market as perfectly as they need to so uh, back to that like openness especially if you're doing indie stuff um and you have full control you may come up with a cover which you adore and the fans don't and so you're gonna want to come up with a cover later or recover the book or Do a better cover the next time Mm -hmm. that really fits the market a little bit better, which is hard for me, like because I definitely have that artistic heart where I'm like, but I love it. Oh, yeah. But it's so beautiful, but whatever. It fits perfectly the themes of my novel.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, my oldest series has gone through three different Mm -hmm. cover iterations, and I made myself on Photoshop. Yeah. (laughs) And I had one of my friends pose for the photo, like the, the original, original cover, and it was so pretty, and it was it was so cute and you know, it just, it looked so good, but at the same time, like, when I started, and it, when I started comparing it mm-hmm. to other authors, and, you know, you, they say you shouldn't do that, but you kind of gotta, you, you've gotta get the market
2: yeah. on point. Yeah. If you're doing your own stuff, you've right. gotta hit the market correctly.
0: Definitely. And, you know, everybody always says, oh, you shouldn't compare yourself to others, but you, you kind of gotta <laughs> be in the market. You can't, yeah. you know, just say, I'm going to do whatever I want and do that, um, but anyway, yeah, it started looking a little, you know, small time, like, mm-hmm. oh, you made that cover a yourself, did you? Made. <laughs> <laughs> so what is a common misconception or commonly held belief, just like what you know, what does everybody think about about writing or about being an author that you completely disagree with. You just think people have got it all wrong.
2: So mine, again, along with my story, I started off and I went to graduate school and I had a degree and I was going to go traditional. So when we say traditional, we mean you get an agent, they find you a publisher. That's the way you go. Your publisher makes your book beautiful. You become famous. People hire you for their coca-cola advertisements anyway that's not
0: (laughs) that is a big
2: myth (laughs) that's not usually the way it goes within traditional and i don't think there's anything wrong going the traditional route agent publisher book but i also think a lot of us get stuck in that zone and it's time to break out it's a really friendly world breaking out of that zone in fact again i first heard from you you were like, I published my first book myself, and it was free. And I had no idea at the time. That must have been yeah. four years ago. That was It was a while was ago. was
0: 2013.
2: It might have been when it happened, <laughs> but I think when I talked oh, okay. to you, it wasn't 2013. Okay. I think it was a few years ago when I was newer. And I was like, what? You can publish a book for free? Because back in the day, you oh, yeah. had to pay...
0: Yeah, vanity press. A vanity press, exactly, to
2: publish your book. And recouping that cost was difficult. And the internet was not there or barely there. And it just wasn't a thing that you could do cheaply or easily. And there were occasionally breakouts, but not very often. These days, everything has shifted. There are a lot of open doors. um, And we just need to be open to going through some of those doors or maybe peeking into some of the doors. And I'm not going to regret the way I did things because I learned a bunch of stuff that I, I don't think I could have learned any other way. But if I had been more open to indie publishing in 2016, when my first book came out, it would have been a lot easier to advertise. There were a lot of open doors to indie publishing because it was new and people, companies like Amazon were wide open. Blogging mm-hmm. was huge. You could just kind of get your foot in if I had been at that place at that point where I was open to that idea. I would have made a lot more money and I think the series would have been a lot more successful than it was going a traditional route. So Mm -hmm. I would say the biggest misconception is that traditional is where the money is. It's where the safety is. I almost feel the opposite. I think it's there's probably more safety, more money and certainly more control
0: within the indie side of publishing. Which Mm -hmm.
2: doesn't mean you can't go traditional it just means there's a whole new world out there.
0: That is it's definitely true. And you know, with the publishers kind of buying each other up. Yes. There are so many fewer big boys yes. out there. I mean, if you're swinging for the fences. Yes. You know, and wanting to get in that um you know, the the big the big five, which I, I guess is. Which is, down is to now big four. four. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um but then maybe also, soon to be three. <laughs> it's it's be, getting yeah. smaller. Yeah, it's definitely getting, and it's getting harder to get and I think you're, you know, your agents are wanting like, like slam dunks.
2: Yes. And I think they're wanting also, and I hate to say it this way, but they want what has worked in the past for the most part. Absolutely. Or the next JK Rowling, which I don't think they're really that great at predicting anyway. <laughs> so, <No. Yeah. laughs> so they're wanting a certain thing. And if you write outside of that... If you write an idea that has not been done before, especially I love sci-fi fantasy. And if mm-hmm. you write a little too far away, you are not going to find an agent. Sure. They will not consider. Sure. And unless they think that you are the next, you know, Stephanie Meyer. And if right. they do, they'll they'll grab you up. But otherwise, they won't. But that doesn't mean your book doesn't have tons of potential or oh, yeah. tons of readers just out there eager for your book. Yeah. And there are many um indie writers who have written in little bitty like one of my online friends wrote cowboy romances before they were huge hmm. because she liked them and right. she thought it was fun. She made she was making money and then all of a sudden the genre opened up and exploded which the publishers weren't predicting, right? You know. Right. But it did and now, you know, she is doing very well, well good. and that's awesome. you know so there's just a lot of potential
0: there mm-hmm. if you yeah you can go very niche if you want to yes i mean not cowboy romances are not for everybody they're kind of like right 80s right at yeah. all like, right it's <laughs> right, like yeah.
2: you know who even are there even cowboys i don't I, know I but don't know. there are cowboy romances <laughs> so yeah. i guess we want there to be cowboys sure <laughs>
0: people are still dreaming about cowboys yes that's true oh dear All right. So how has being on the wrong side of 40, not the show, the the place in your life, changed your outlook or, you know, presented you with a new or different challenge in regard to your writing career? Has it, has it changed your outlook? I guess. These are such great questions. (laughs) Um, being on the wrong
2: side of 40 was tough for me at first because I, my career sort of took a dive Mm -hmm, as I hit 40 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, as I hit four, my collagen also took a dive. (laughs) A few other things took a dive.
0: And you have to know that Jean is like one of the prettiest people ever. Okay. Yeah. She looks amazing. That is so (laughs) sweet. Even after, I believe, what, an hour of yoga, teaching yoga. Yes. Yes. She still looks good. So anyway, I'll put a picture up of us, a little (laughs) selfie of us. And you can see how bad Jean's collagen is. (laughs) but anyway go ahead anyway
2: a few things took a dive so it's a little tricky at first and the beautiful thing I think about being on the wrong side of 40 for me is that I I won't exactly say that I embraced it but I was like you know what this is how it is and um I'm gonna have to look in through a different door I'm gonna have to look through a window open a door whatever Metaphors falling apart there but I'm gonna have to do something different and that ended up being a little exciting mm-hmm. and I ended up kind of falling in love with the idea of it and it felt very powerful which I mm-hmm. think a lot of women maybe men on the wrong side of 40 kind of hit a bump and then hit that zone where they're like you know things aren't like I thought they were gonna be but I actually really like where they are better yeah and it's just a really empowering
0: yeah place. I have loved my 40s yeah. I really do I mean I'm like healthier than I've ever mm-hmm. been. And I feel better and I'm doing more fun stuff. I mean, like, like I got my publishing contract on my 40th birthday. I signed (gasps) it on my 40th birthday. So, I mean, like that right there, you know, like that was like, I don't know, that changed my life in a great way and made me feel like, oh, this... 40 thing isn't so bad
2: yeah yeah and like I say mine I was like oh I don't I don't know how I feel about this I liked my 30s better but Mm -hmm. now at 44 which is where I am like I feel just like all these doors are opening and all these possibilities are Mm -hmm. opening and partly it's because I opened my own eyes to them when I wouldn't have done that 10 or 15 years ago right but now I am and it's really I mean it's really fun I feel very empowered and very powerful at Mm -hmm. this point so awesome
0: So outside of writing, which you're obviously very passionate about, what is your biggest passion?
2: I love music. And I also love, like you said, yoga. I love exercising. I like being outside. So
0: those things. Fun stuff. Yep. All right. So last question. Okay. Since we're, you know, doing the whole author thing, this is one of those, like, 50 greatest podcast questions. (laughs) Uh, What would the title of the book written about you be if it were written by your worst enemy Go. okay
2: it would be an old lady who thought she was cool oh, no. maybe that's oh, what no. my kids wrote i don't know i don't think they're my enemy but
3: that's the worst <laughs> that's probably don't what call it would me be old don't call me
0: old <laughs> yeah all right so now that the questions are over this is a little fun thing that i like to do with everybody or well you're going to be the first. So if this fails spectacularly, (laughs) I will know not to do it with anybody else, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my guns with this one. All right. It's called the lightning round. So we're just going to talk like Gen X fun stuff here. Um, and it's a rapid response. So you're going to have to think on your feet. Okay. All right. So lightning round question number one, what is your favorite guilty pleasure? Oh, chocolate. That one's easy. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah that okay. <laughs> favorite childhood game. Mm. Back in the 80s. Freeze tag. Ooh, fun. I haven't played freeze tags since no, like the 80s. <laughs> okay. All right. Favorite adult game like now, nowadays. <laughs> nowadays.
3: Quirkle? Am I an adult? I don't
0: know.
2: It's still kind of a children's game. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, okay. Well, as an adult, what I get yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I guess I should rephrase that question. All right, favorite childhood TV show? Ooh,
2: you know, it was, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it was probably the Cosby Show.
0: Oh, don't, don't watch that. <laughs> or Bill Full House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Full, Full House. Full House is awesome. Yes, very good. Um, current binge series? Oh, I just
2: started watching Hawkeye.
0: So, oh yeah, and I, I had
2: to tell my husband. Don't let me watch past whatever 10 because I'll stay up, not watching all night, but thinking about it all night. I was like, you have to stop me so my brain can calm
0: down for real. Definitely. Yeah, I've watched the first episode of that. It was very good. It's, it's so good. It's so visually dark that we can't watch it on our upstairs TV. We mm-hmm. we need to go downstairs where it's like darker oh, to watch it. But like we're always so lazy and we've already like <laughs> laid down on the couch and be like, Do you want to go downstairs? No, not no, really. I
2: know we do that too. We're like, we'd rather watch it on our little laptop yeah. little <laughs> tiny down TV than to the, the big, big TV.
0: TV. Yeah. It's right right there. So yeah, I need to <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um okay. Best thing about being on the wrong side of 40. Oh, just really not caring too much about (laughs) a lot of stuff. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Worst thing about being on the wrong side of 40?
2: I do take longer to heal from little injuries, little things that I would have healed from in a couple of days when I was young. And they take a few months now. So I do feel that. Yes, definitely. And
0: having to like actually go to the doctor about it <laughs> instead of just like not using so you know your my arm for it. Elbow doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, where do you want to retire? You know, I I've thought about this question.
2: I kind of want to retire everywhere. I think I almost just want to get like an RV and just go Ooh. different places and see different things. Ooh,
0: that would be fun. Be that would be fun. That would be very fun. All right. Cool. So to wrap everything up, uh Gene Pace, where can listeners find you connect with you online?
2: All right. You can find me on Facebook at gene nightpace or you can find me on Instagram at gene nightpace writes or you can look up my website gene and night is like a knight in shining armor and gene is like blue jeans. So,
0: nice. Well, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. We're still preoccupied with 1985. It's like nostalgia, 80s version. Gag me with a spoon. All right, I got my friend Carrie Fassett Olzak back again for another installment of Childhood Nostalgia. Hi, Carrie. Hi. A little bit about Carrie, if you haven't heard one of her um, nostalgia moments before, we met in college, probably our first day of college, we were both music majors at the University of Evansville. And we pretty much had the same likes and dislikes and all that good stuff. So we are loving talking about nostalgia. So Carrie, Strawberry Shortcake, yay or nay? Yes. Did you love her, hate her? I loved her
4: from (laughs) afar. Oh, okay. I never got to have any of the strawberry shortcake dolls. Oh, so I visited friends houses and they had the dolls like I would be just sitting there like playing with the dolls so I could <laughs> smell.
0: Oh, they smelled so good. <laughs> <laughs> so did you Do they bring back a certain memory like it was with a certain friend?
4: Uh, um, I think it was my friend Amber that had that had the one like the first one that I got to play with in person. But yeah, I could yeah, I can remember her.
0: <laughs> and can you still smell the strawberry shortcake aroma? I totally can. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. So, and I can attest to the fact that after what, 40 years? No, no, not quite 40 years.
4: Well,
0: approaching 40 years. I still have the strawberry shortcake doll. I can still squish her in the belly and I can still smell it. You, oh my they, gosh I, I'm shocked I don't know what kind of voodoo magic they have put in these dolls but they still yeah. smell when you when you squish their belly so yeah that's
4: kind of yeah wow yeah.
0: and it didn't like get rancid or anything like you would expect it to like the smell to deteriorate <laughs> over time but it was right. yeah very cool all right so did you have a favorite of the strawberry shortcake characters
4: um I think it was just strawberry shortcake.
0: Okay. Yeah, she she was pretty much my favorite. I did like lemon meringue. I think I liked the way she smelled.
4: Yeah, I bet. I didn't get to smell her.
0: Oh, you didn't get to smell her? Well, she smelled like lemon meringue, as you might guess. Like, I specifically did not like blueberry muffin. I didn't think she smelled like blueberries or muffins. I don't know. Neither. It was not very good. So, um, so like you're kind of like maybe with strawberry shortcake as I was with easy bake ovens I never had one so I always wanted them nice. even into adulthood do you have you found yourself thinking about getting a strawberry shortcake uh no I don't I don't feel like
4: it's <laughs> we were all
0: <laughs> I'm okay
4: I'm okay that I missed out but um I did what I did as a kid like okay so <laughs> I saved up my allowance but it wasn't enough to buy the dolls, I don't think. But I bought a pair of socks that nice. had strawberry shortcake on them. That's awesome. And I thought I was the coolest kid wearing my strawberry shortcake socks to school. And then when I cried, I cried. I tried to cut the tags off. I put a hole in the socks. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad felt so bad that, that it happened. He bought replacement ones for me.
0: Oh, that's so nice. All right. So strawberry shortcake, <laughs> not necessarily, but you definitely had, well, you had two pairs of the socks.
4: I got two pairs of the socks. One was holy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you had like a sock and a, or a pair and a half. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for strawberry shortcake today. Thank you for listening to another episode of Nostalgia. Bye, Carrie. Bye. I have Jennifer Vinson in the studio with me today. Jennifer has always been interested in her health and fitness. She's an avid exerciser, with walking being her favorite activity to stay in shape. She enjoys traveling and shopping, and boating, fishing, and water skiing. Welcome, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. That was kind of stilted. That felt really stilted. (laughs) I was trying to be so professional, but Jennifer's one of my closest friends. So, you know, like we're just hanging out and talking. We talked for like 45 minutes before we even turned on the uh, recording. So, yeah. (laughs) So welcome, Jennifer. How are you? (laughs) All right. So today we are going to talk about fitness and diet and treating your body right, especially now that we are on the wrong side of 40. So. Jennifer, what has been your biggest struggle with being on the wrong side of 40 regarding, you know, fitness and health and diet? And just what, what do you have to do differently now that you, you know, kind of didn't have to think about before?
3: Oh my gosh. Will it even all fit in the segment?
0: (laughs) We have 25 minutes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: There's so many things. Um, Once just my metabolism just, it's. It just stops like you hit 40 and then all of a sudden you
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you get up one it's day just and you're
0: all like, downhill. <laughs> wow, I'm like,
3: I'm, I think I'm 10 pounds heavier than I was last week. I mean, um, so, yeah, that's been my biggest is just trying to keep weight under control. And I can't I can't. Set and binge eat an entire box of Girl Scout cookies anymore like I can't oh no I, <laughs> can you not? you know I, I used to be able to just sit down and be like oh Thin Mints I'm gonna eat both bags and not gain a pound and now oh. I look at them I look at them and the next day I'm like two pounds heavier and I'm like I didn't even eat a cookie right I just I just at thought it. about it <laughs> um so yeah it's it's watching carbs and sugar and mm-hmm. Lately, that's been hard because I can't get away from the caramel macchiatos.
0: Oh, well, yeah. So they are, yeah.
3: I'm I'm trying. I'm trying addictive. to just <laughs> limit myself. Every week I say I'm going to have one. Like, I, mm-hmm. that's going to be my treat for the week. I'm going to have one caramel macchiato. And then, you know, um and then I end up getting two. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday rolls around and... I'm like, well, I need one on the way to church, so. Oh my you know, goodness! I keep... <laughs>
0: and do you do do you do like the whipped cream and all that nonsense on it too? I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. See so, that? Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, you know, I have, I, I was exactly the same way. Like, I, okay. So let me preface this. She has got a different health story than I do because now on, on the wrong side of forty, like I had bariatric surgery and I lost all the weight, and so my mine has been like opposite. Like when I was in my thirties, I couldn't lose a pound to save my life. So I had bad metabolism from the get go. So I never had that. Like, well, I mean, I might eat a box of Thin Mints, but then, you know, I would always gain 10 pounds after doing that. (laughs) But, um, I mean, now if I did that, I think my stomach would explode because (laughs) it's too small to do that. For sure. um, But anyway, like it's, it's kind of been almost the opposite for me, but at the same time, like I lost all the weight and I was at my lowest right before COVID and then COVID the, you know, the, we were at home all the time and we were all baking all the time mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then I gained some back, which I mean, is always going to happen. You're always going to like hit your rock bottom and then kind of swing back up. Well, I didn't want to swing back up. So now I'm in the process of climbing back down and it's like, I mean, it's like climbing back up and it's worse because like my body's like, no, you've lost over hundred pounds. You don't need to lose anymore, but I really do. Exactly. And it's, it's harder now than it, Ever has been mm-hmm. at least for me so what I say all that to get back to my coffee thing so I even through my surgery I did not give up my daily latte I was not giving it up I was just like I'm drinking it you yeah. know it, it's happening you have it's, to have it yeah it's the full sugar it's the whole milk you know I don't do whipped cream because I, I think that messes with the flavor for me but uh-huh. I mean if you like whipped cream then then yeah. fine my but,
3: coffee needs to be like dessert
0: Right. Right. And I want to taste the coffee. So I'm usually like people always ask, oh, what do you get? I'm like a vanilla latte. And they're like, that is so, you know, lame vanilla, you know, boring, boring. (laughs) But but the reason why I do it is so I can taste the coffee. I want it sweet, but I want to taste the coffee. Yeah, first, and then I want just a hint of vanilla. And then I want it to be sweet. And anyway,
3: well, I'm doing better. I, I order my caramel macchiato with sugar-free vanilla. Oh hey, okay. So like, I'm, so that saving. was where I was getting. I'm at.
0: saving. Yes. So I I showed her my because now I'm now I'm keto. So and that's actually really working. Finally, it is finally working. Yeah. I have chipped away six whole pounds in like what a month and a half which is amazing yeah that's incredible in the sense that like my body does not want to give that up so yeah i'm I'm very excited of how this is working for me because I was very heavy on the sugar I mean even even during my weight loss I would be like well I can eat this you know half of a cookie because that's all I'm gonna have of sweets of the whole day but I'm still gonna have it but i I need to not eat it at all is is what I've finally found and I getting sugar to go away mm-hmm has done wonders for like my joints and inflammation and stuff like that. It's, I mean, it's like night and day, like I pop out of bed, nothing hurts. I mean, my, my muscles might be sore. Like if I worked out the day before or whatever, but nothing actually hurts anymore. Wow. It is crazy, the difference. And I would have been the first person to be like, nope, that's not true. That's not what actually happens with sugar. But it is really true. Sugar causes inflammation. I know. So we all need to quit eating sugar. Yes. <laughs> but that's anyway, hard. what what I was getting at is I finally decided I'm going to change my coffee routine. I still do the whole milk, but I found Fairlife, which is half the carbs, which is huge because milk has quite a few carbs, actually. So you're going down from like 12 to 6 in a cup. Which is, you can work that into your, your carb routine easily. And then I've got sugar-free vanilla syrup. I've got sugar-free brown sugar. That's actually really good. Um, totally fake brown sugar, but it tastes like brown sugar. looks like brown sugar. You know, I don't mind it. And I put some cinnamon in there. So I have kind of a snickerdoodle going on and it, it satisfies me. It's fine. It's good. I can deal with that. I'm, I'm fine with it. But anyway, this is your interview, not my interview. So okay. I'm good. <laughs> So, okay. So for you, metabolism. Um, so like what what have you had to tweak then? Is it more diet, more exercise? Um,
3: yes. I, I try to watch my carb intake and I've actually started a year ago. I started a program called intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and I do that uh, Monday through Friday and I take the weekend off. Okay, So I kind of have a goal. Um, and basically, I don't eat after 7 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and then I don't eat before 11 o'clock the next day. Okay. So I do what's called the sixteen eight 8 intermittent fasting. And so I eat within an 8-hour window of time during the day, mm-hmm. and then I don't eat um, for 16 hours. And that's made a huge difference in just trimming fat, um, it has lowered my cholesterol 40 oh, nice. points Ooh, in a wow. year. Um, it's helped regulate my blood sugars and um, has given me more energy. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, I intermitted fasted for like two weeks straight. And I thought, oh, this is great. I can eat whatever I want and just intermittent fast and I won't gain weight. Well, I gained six pounds. <laughs> And I'm like, what is happening? So it's not just when you eat. So you have to, with the intermittent fasting, um, I do work out once, twice a day. Um, I'll either walk and do the elliptical or I'll just do the elliptical or I'll just walk. Just depends on how I'm feeling. Um, But then also I've tried to incorporate more salads Mm -hmm. um, into my diet and more fruit and less sugar and less carbs. But, you know, you have those days where you're just like, my hormones are telling me that I need to eat sugar. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat some sugar (laughs) and and I'm not going to feel bad about it.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. And I think, I mean, obviously you have to choose the diet plan and exercise plan that works for you. Yes. Um, and she has got the perfect walking setup. I am so jealous and I might as well just drive over to her house. Cause it's not really that far from <laughs> mine and, and walk with you. Like we did like a couple months ago when yeah. that one warm day in February. Yes. <laughs> but she literally lives right on a walking trail. Like her, like you have to cross the walking trail to get into her driveway so and it's it's gorgeous there's a little pond and I don't know what's the like if you went the whole way like from your house all the way around the whole I mean it's like miles right I think it's roughly five miles okay mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean obviously you can segment it and do you know whatever you want but like it is a sweet sweet trail yes. <laughs> I'm
3: hoping to get a bike. And okay. we can, oh, yeah. we can start biking together. Oh
0: yes. Yeah. Cause that that's Matt's and my goal that we, and I mean, we haven't worked toward it yet because he plays too much pickleball. He plays pickleball all the time. And then, you know, he doesn't really need to do any other exercise because he is literally there all the time. But, um, but yeah, that was our goal to be able to do the whole circuit. Cause it's got some hills in there. It's got some nasty hills in there, yes. depending on, you know, which way you go. And, uh, yeah, that, that was our goal. But yes, I love biking. So yes, we'll to do that.
3: For
0: sure. All right. So as for for food and your intermittent fasting, like is there mm-hmm. is there a good kind of a go-to recipe that you do or like a certain thing that that you you eat that seems indulgent to you but is healthy and like curbs the cravings you might have like my fake latte. <laughs> <laughs> um
3: not a whole lot. There is. So my downfall is sweets. Mm-hmm. I just, I love dessert. I love sugar. Um, but I had gestational diabetes with... Um, me too. <laughs> two out of the three pregnancies mm-hmm. that I had. And so I really have to watch um, my blood sugar, which is what kind of prompted um, me to start intermittent fasting. And so I actually... Found a recipe on Pinterest. It's a Cheerio bar recipe, and so it's just plain Cheerios, a little bit of honey, and peanut butter.
0: Mm, that sounds really good.
3: And so, um, not a whole lot of sugar, a um, lot of protein, and they're actually they're like Rice Krispie treats, but with Cheerios, mm-hmm. and they're really good. And so, I'm like, I can I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so, I make those, and when I want something sweet, um, I get that. Or I'll get a small piece of dark chocolate because dark chocolate's
0: Dark right, chocolate is, yeah, I can even have dark so chocolate good. on keto. If you, <laughs> if you get the right kind, like, I think mine's like 72%. Yeah. And you, you, know, you can still have your chocolate because I can't function without chocolate.
3: Well, there's yeah. like a link between people that love dark chocolate, mm-hmm. love coffee.
0: Oh, and well, yeah. I, I mean, it's very similar in yeah. taste, I would say, because, yeah. because I want my coffee, especially to have like chocolate and peanut butter notes, like my, my black lodge that I always have. Yeah. That's a local, local coffee place, shout out. Um, but like that's, that's the notes of their Brazil is like chocolate and peanut butter. And that's, that's, and what I crave now with being on keto, I crave peanut butter. Which is something I can have. Like I found a peanut butter that has like no sugar added or whatever.
3: Interesting. And so
0: I can have that. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's that's what I actually crave is like chocolate and peanut butter.
3: Yeah, they said so. there's there's a genetic link between people who love dark chocolate are mm-hmm. coffee drinkers. Okay.
0: So. I d- I didn't used to love dark chocolate. Like when I was younger, I wanted only milk chocolate. If I got yeah, a piece same. of dark chocolate, I would be like, but and now spit I like out. crave it. I yeah. crave it. I love sure. it. All right. So that's, that's a good, good recipe. All right. So, so are there other eating plans besides intermittent fasting? I mean, you've, you've kind of come to that one, um, -hmm. that works now. Are there other ones that have worked well or, or do you like to switch it up? Like, do you plan to do intermittent fasting for a while and then switch it up? Like, does that work for you to, to kind of totally change the game?
3: Not really. I'm pretty much, when I find something that works, mm-hmm. I just stick with it. Okay. I don't do well with change.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, some weeks I will not intermittent fast on the weekends and some weeks I do will stick to it throughout the week, the weekend, and you know I'll do it for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks um, in a row. But with that, you have to keep in mind, you want to take A couple of days off here and there and you want to switch it up because otherwise your body tends to get used to Mm -hmm. the rhythm that you're in. Sure. And so like, I'm breaking my fast today to have coffee with you because (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I made her one of my sugar-free, uh, fair life milk coffees. (laughs) I'm not a morning person. So we both know this. And so, oh, and I'm not, either. I'm sitting here, sipping my espresso, breaking my (laughs) fast today, but, um, but it's good because it, it switches up my body. My body doesn't get used to doing the same thing every day. So, okay.
0: So you're switching it up like very regularly rather than being like, yeah. okay, six months of this and then six months of this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So once you find something that works, you just yeah keep it. All right. So, and along with that, you know, when you have done something for a while, you do plateau. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously there are times when you hit that, even if you're breaking it for the weekend or whatever so what do you do if you plateau or you found that you know maybe you put on a few pounds and you want to get back on track usually if that happens it's because I've been eating too much sugar Mm -hmm. or I've
3: gotten off the bandwagon of exercising and that happened November we went to Mexico
0: (laughs) oh yeah I remember you said that because when we when we walked you were like "Eh, I'm kind of just getting back up back at it yes yeah.
3: and I knew it was gonna happen we went to Mexico for a week and I told my husband I said I just I know that I'm gonna get off the bandwagon i working out and you know you go to an all-inclusive you want to eat well sure you know and so I ate what I wanted when I wanted mm-hmm. and um I just decided I'm gonna enjoy this vacation and I'm not gonna worry about calories and I'm not gonna work out mm-hmm. and we got back from Mexico and I still didn't want to worry about calories, and (laughs) Uh I I didn't want to work out, and I'm like, no, I knew this was going to happen, and so I did. I took November and December off, and then um, January rolled around, and I thought, you know, I need to get back on the bandwagon more, not so much because I was worried about weight gain, but just my health in general and Mm -hmm. um, keeping things um, on track with that, but um, so yeah, I did. I got back on the bandwagon, went back to working out, not killing myself, but mm-hmm. just, you know, walk in every day and, and working back up. Cause you get off that bandwagon and then you do a workout and you're just dying. And
0: then it's not fun. I'm like, Oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> yeah,
3: I can't get through this workout because you know, who'd have thought that taking two months off would just set you back like that, but sure. it did. Um, and so now I'm getting myself back on mm-hmm. and trying to Yeah. Get back in shape, but it's hard.
0: And. Oh yeah. Well, and it's hard. I think it's hard to motivate yourself a lot of times to do that. And I think you're really good about doing that. Mm -hmm. Whereas I am not. So that's why I have a trainer (laughs) and I have an appointment, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to go because I have this appointment and I've paid my money. Um, so, so yeah. And I actually belong. See, I'm, I'm so far into this. (laughs) I belong to two gyms. Mm. <laughs> I belong to Bob so I can go to yoga. I belong to Pitt, And so I can do, I'm competitive learn training to be a competitive weightlifter. There you go. Yeah. And then I have my other trainer. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, it, but if I don't schedule stuff, I won't do it. Like mm-hmm. you see in my room in there, mm-hmm. I, I have a, a exercise room with just all kinds of stuff, plenty of stuff. You know, when the last time was I was down here, I do not remember because it was so long ago. Oh geez. Yeah. Isn't that stupid? I mean, I have a whole gym, but yet I'm not using it because I can't make myself come downstairs and do it. But if I have an appointment with somebody, then I can do it. Yeah. Or if we make an appointment to like, go walk, then I'll go do it. But if I had to be like, okay, I'm going to drive over there near your house, get out and walk. I'm not going to do it. I I need to make an appointment with myself, I guess. I just need to text you like once a week and, and say, and hold you accountable. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, you you know, and that is something that people do is that they have like a fitness buddy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it just, I mean, everybody is different. And, and that's the thing is that you have to find what works for you. You know, if you're a self-starter and you can motivate yourself to get up and get going, that's great. But if you can't then find a way to make yourself do it. Cause I always feel so much better after I've worked out. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Not always during, you know, if you're pushing yourself a little harder mm-hmm. or whatever, or, um, but yeah, after it's so good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what? still at the same, at the same time, you know, I'm sure there's times when you feel uninspired. Do you talk to anyone when you need to feel inspired? Do you have somebody to go to like not really, not really.
3: that's, that's kind of sad
0: isn't it? Well no, it's not <laughs> No, no um,
3: my husband sometimes he'll you know I'll drag him and say, let's go work out. You know, I mean but, is he
0: an exerciser does he uh,
3: No and he doesn't he he eats like a six-year-old. you know he eats no veggies. his his body like rejects vegetables. Oh my goodness. So, well um, and you
0: would never know it looking at him. He no, is thin a, and fit. I mean he <laughs> He is. He's a bean
3: pole. I, I just I get so mad at him sometimes because I'm like, how can you just eat all this
0: Like your six year old? Yeah. Your actual like six year old. Mac and cheese and
3: chicken nuggets. <laughs> they and, hang out and
0: eat. You know, and I'm
3: like, not gain a pound. And I look at French fries and mm-hmm. I'm like I have to go work out just because I looked at them. Right, you know. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. It is totally unfair. Yes. But I
3: mean, he will work out with me if if I ask him to. But mm-hmm. he's he's not he's not
0: ever a hey, let's go work out. Okay, you know. All right. So let's see. Is there something? Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there something everyone in the fitness and diet industry that or just. <clears throat> generally people's thoughts about fitness and diet should we start doing something or stop doing something like what what is something that you see like when you when you look at it online like if you're looking at a, a diet gurus page or a fitness gurus page or even just like general instagram is there something that w- we as a culture are doing or saying that you wish would just kind of go away I mean, I have a, I have an answer to this question, but
3: (laughs) maybe I should hear your answer before I,
0: (laughs) what I was going to say was like, and I think, I think society in general is trying to move away from this, but like the difference of, you know, being healthy in your own body might be a higher weight than somebody else, or, you know, your body might look different than this model's figure and that's okay. If you're healthy, exactly that's the, the important part is that, you know, I mean, that was kind of when I wrote this question, I was kind of thinking that, you know, man, I wish that it, you know, the standard wasn't to be a beanpole model. The standard was to be like healthy and, you know, happy yeah. and you can do things, but you don't have to, you know, fit into a. Well, and I think I think mold. your mental health <laughs> mm-hmm. is
3: just as important as your physical health. And for a lot of people, they're not, they're not going to be a size two. Mm -hmm. They're just genetically not going to be a size two. Yeah. And being okay with who you are is, I feel like the most important. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Um, It's okay if you're a size 10 or if you're a size 12 or it's okay if you're a zero. I mean, I think as long as you're, you need to be happy with who you are. Sure.
0: All right. So what is your food weakness, or is it Thin mints? <laughs> And what are your best tricks to keep from overindulging besides not buying Thin Mints? <laughs> um,
3: my food weakness, honestly, is like Libs Turtles. Oh my. I mean You know, I haven't I, had one of those in so long. Oh my gosh. I got I, two I boxes like just for plain Christmas. Chocolate. Oh A friend of mine bought me two boxes of libs chocolates for Christmas. Oh gosh. And it's like, I love you but I hate you at the same time. Sure. You yeah. Know? Oh so, totally. So I I mean they, I do
0: that to people. I shouldn't say that. I I do buy libs chocolate. Well, I bought some for your daughter.
3: <laughs> I know. And, and, and I had to try not to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> so like for me, like it's okay. I'm gonna have one turtle mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna walk into my pantry. I'm gonna get one turtle, and that is it. Mm-hmm. And and I've done pretty well. That's I still good. have. I think I just finished up the turtles, and I still have a second box of I like their meltaways. I think the chocolate that is melt-a-ways. my <laughs> weakness. My
0: lips weakness is the meltaways. It's just a plain square of chocolate, <laughs> yes. but it is the best chocolate you've ever had in your life, and it is yes. so silky and perfect and oh yeah yeah no i cannot buy that and
3: i've i've even gotten like i just like once a day i i only eat half half of a of its of a
0: square oh wow that's impressive because the squares are not they're not big i mean they are an an inch at most cube yes yeah not even that i eat half and then i save the other half for the next day wow and that's really impressive i'm I'm proud of myself i've never been able to eat just (laughs) half of one of those yeah i've been able to stop at one but i have never been able to stop at the half all right. Well, now that I'm hungry, thank you so much for that yeah, <laughs> and craving welcome. chocolate.
3: <laughs> yeah, chocolate for sure is my my weakness.
0: All right. So if you have questions for us, uh, you can actually just shoot me an email, caroline at carolinefardig.com, or you can look on my website slash blog, carolinefardig.com uh, slash wrong side of 40 and we will get back to you if you have any questions. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. It's Q&A time. All right, we've got a new segment here on the wrong side of 40 and it's going to be a kind of a QA, and a but kind of a different Q&A. So instead of asking me questions or us, I have Jennifer Vinson, my friend here in the studio. Hello. Hello. Um, instead of Reader question or reader questions <laughs> instead of listener questions. I'm in author mode. Um, we are gonna do. We are gonna pose a question. So Jennifer has a question I for do. all you listeners out there.
3: Yes, go for it. So my question is: I had mild COVID in August, the first part of August, and literally since then, I cannot remember squat. Like, I'm lucky if I can remember what I wore yesterday. Wow. And so... Why, and th- this is not normal for you. No, it's not really normal. So my question is, is it because I'm on the wrong side of 40 that I can't remember anything? Or is it because of the COVID that I had in August? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my question is, how many of you have had COVID and have found yourself just with memory loss. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that it's like severe memory loss. Like if I really think about things I can remember, if I really think hard, I can tell you what I wore yesterday, but it just doesn't come to me as quickly as mm-hmm. it did. And so I saw an article a couple of days ago where they've had enough people with mild COVID that they have researched, that they have found that the memory
0: part of their brain has shrunk. That's so that is insane. I mean, that's, no, I mean, no, I don't know. (laughs) But I mean, that that concept is just crazy that like a virus could shrink your brain. Yeah. You're, or you're part of your brain. So, and, and we did not research that. She she did read an article. I did. But th- the show did not research it. So I will say that. <laughs> so we will research <laughs> this. Yes. We will look for it. And we want you to write in. Um, there's, you can go to, or sorry, you can go to my website, carolinefardig.com slash of 40 And there's like a, hey, talk to me or whatever. And you can pose a question there. You can do it through my email, caroline at carolinefardig.com. Um, yeah, we just want to know, like, what, what's the percentage here of like, if you had COVID and had no memory loss, we'd like to know if you had it and did have some memory loss and just maybe just like, like people have called it COVID brain or just like brain fog, you know, afterwards kind of related to memory, just give us a holler and we will be back in a few weeks and to let you know what we found out.
3: Yeah. I'm excited to hear from everyone.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, please show us some love. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review Wrong Side of 40 wherever you get your podcasts. On our next show, Kayla Ye is back, but this time I'm in the hot seat as she interviews me. Come back next week and hang out with me on the Wrong Side of 40. <laughs> To get more information on the topics we discussed today, including product links and discount codes, visit side wrongsideof 40 That's slash wrongsideof 40 For behind-the-scenes photos and videos, follow at wrongsideof40 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, you awesome Gen Xers.